Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor who just launched a fantastic new feature called SeatGeek Marketplace. This is a new feature. SeatGeek has always allowed you to buy great tickets for sporting events and concerts, but starting right now, it allows you to sell your tickets too. Selling tickets on SeatGeek, simple and easy. You won't get hijacked by ridiculous after the sale costs that other sites charge. Go to SeatGeek.com slash BS to learn how to buy and sell tickets on SeatGeek. That's SeatGeek.com slash BS. Today's BS podcast episode, also sponsored by Bombas. Get rid of your crummy socks. Treat yourself to some super soft, durable, premium cotton socks that have been re-engineered to feel better and perform better. Treat yourself to Bombas. Their ankle sock even features a blister tap to protect your heels and keep your socks in place for ultimate comfort. Get them in black, navy, gray, and white. You know how I feel about socks and underwear. Any, anytime you have a fresh pair, just you feel better about life. You feel better about your body yourself. First-time customers get 25% off for four more pairs. Go to bombas.com slash BS and enter code BSGET25. Let's go. I'm in such a good mood. Clear enough for you. I got my buddy Joe House on the line. Oh, Friday rolling, Friday rolling. It's Friday. I went to an awesome basketball game last night. We're mixing it up from now on, House. Until the good, end of good. the regular season. Yeah, we're, we're going NBA first and then NFL picks these last seven weeks. And then when nice. the playoffs start, when the playoffs start, we'll go NFL first again. But this NBA season's been really good. The Warriors are the best October, November story in a long time. I love it. I love the fact that the streak is going. I can't believe how good that game was last night between the streak and the rivalry. This Games just shouldn't mean that much in mid-November. I know you were watching. Of course. So the, it's funny you use the word rivalry because uh, your boy Blake Griffin in the, in the post game last night made it clear that he doesn't consider it a rivalry. He, he's, he was very direct and very candid. The Clippers are not as good as Golden State, so it can't be a, a rivalry. They ha- they can't beat them. I saw he said that. Um, I thought it was the quote that somebody says when when they've been beaten down and they don't believe in, in their team anymore. I didn't agree with it. First of all, they beat them two springs ago. Spring of 2014, they beat them in a playoff series. So it is a rivalry. It's not like they've never beaten them. Um, well, this latest iteration, they haven't been able to, to um, deal with the equation that uh, the the Warriors represent right now. So I'm gonna t- I'm gonna babble for a second. I took my daughter last night. She's ten and Whoa. a half. She loves basketball. She plays basketball and soccer. She just spent the last two months playing club soccer, but also playing basketball for her school team. And they had days where there was games, and then she had to go to two hour soccer practice. So as a reward, I took her to the Warriors game over my wife, who. I don't think was totally happy about that decision, just for the record. But my daughter was fired up because my daughter loves Steph Curry because there's a little known rule in, in America right now that all kids under 13 love Steph Curry more than probably anything. I don't know what it is about him, but little kids love Steph Curry. What so about we, middle-aged men? I love him. <laughs> That's true. Middle-aged men. Who doesn't love Steph Curry? Great point. Who doesn't Everyone love loves Steph, Steph Curry? Curry. But with little kids, he's like catnip. There's just something about him. And there were, sure. I would say, 30 to 35% Warriors fans there last night, and they were loud. So How'd that, they get in the building? StubHub, SeatGeek. Wow. SeatGeek. Um, 
the, all those places, all the secondary markets. Yeah. So, by the way, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to delete out the StubHub. Tate, mark that down. <laughs> we hate StubHub. Seeking. <laughs> uh, I'm just playing. So, um, so they Curry gets two stupid fouls in the first four minutes and has to come out. Yeah. And my daughter starts freaking out. For some reason, she's really into the game. The Clips take their big lead. They do their whole Clips thing. And I'm like, just wait. Just wait. Because don't you feel like this Warriors team now is starting to feel a little 80s Lakers, 80s Celtics, 90, mid-90s Bulls-ish, where they're down 20 and you still think they're going to win? I feel yeah. like they're there. Yeah, right? they're there. Yes, they are. So I'm like, just wait. Just wait. And then the Clips have to do the thing where a couple calls go against them. They react like somebody who's getting a parking ticket who just went in to get a coffee for a minute and comes out and the meter maid's there. They freak out. They get two technicals. Paul Pierce, who's the only, the only real, you know, the the real G on this team, who's just looking around like, what the hell's going on with you guys? He's yelling at Doc Rivers after Doc gets a tech. He pulls all five, all his four teammates on the court over to yell at them to be like, come on, dudes, keep your composure. But that's the great thing about this Clippers team, if you're betting against them, is they can't keep their composure. They just can't. They can't do it. So, of course, they give away the lead in the fourth quarter. They fall apart. Same Clippers game I've been to a hundred times where they, the offense just bogs down. Blake doesn't know what to do on a double team. Blake, you've been in the league for six years. You don't know what to do when there's a second guy thrown at house. How does he know not know what to do with the double team? I feel like the it, it looked familiar, but this is a different team. I'm prepared to defend the Clippers. Okay, and, please and do. Please let's hear it. Down. So I, I I know it looked just like so many of these that we've seen uh, over over the last let's say 24 months. Yeah, but I, this one had a slightly different kind of character to it, as as far as I'm concerned. And it okay. was it was kind of two twofold. First of all, the Clippers um, had absolutely no answer for the small ball lineup um, that Golden State threw out there. Well, wait a second. And, they they did have an answer. It was just that the coach chose not to employ it. He just stubbornly well, stuck with the DeAndre Blake thing. Josh know, Smith was dying to come into that game in the last six minutes. But that's an unknown quantity, right? So. That there, there is an answer. You could try and match lineups, but you, you know what? What? What are you conceding by by going that route? Are you uh, able to uh, defend the 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 uh, Warriors any better by by putting out a small ball lineup? Like who's who's the the Clippers' best small ball lineup? And listen, it's I've not seen just enough. Josh Smith. It's it's got to be Stevenson. It's maybe Austin Rivers. Maybe it's CP3. Reddick didn't play last night. Redick but the thing that I big. saw in the fourth quarter with the small ball lineup that um, the Warriors were running out there for the last five and a half minutes, and, and that was when they won the game, what I saw was four guys every single time down the floor in these, on these transition, these critical baskets that the, the Warriors made. Four guys from the Clippers are standing around the lane and not defending the three-point uh, in the corner, the three-pointer in the corner. Well, that's the thing. First of all, we have a big enough sample size that I'm not sure DeAndre Jordan should ever play crunch time in big games ever. And if you remember in Spurs game seven last year, they sat his ass in the last six minutes. Wait, when push came to shove, they were like, all right, we have to go with our best team. His free throw shooting, although he made a couple last night. But I just think they're better when he's not on the court in crunch time. It's just a feel from watching them play like – 
you know, the rule is don't go small, go don't go small ball against a team that's mastered small ball. But in this case, the Warriors, the lineup they put out, Clippers weren't going to be able to stop it defensively. And that was the issue to me. It's like, all right, if you do a little switch at the top of the perimeter and you have DeAndre guarding Steph Curry, Steph Curry's going to score. You know, and if and if they're shooting threes and he's allegedly trying to protect the rim, DeAndre, it doesn't really matter if you have him protecting the rim because they're not they're not driving to the basket like that. You know, I just I don't. So that's get a it. fair criticism, but that's just one one player. I mean, the, the Warriors. But listen to the stats for for that last five minutes and, and forty one seconds. Right, they were two for two on twos, five for six on threes, six for six on free throws, and they recorded an assist. On every one of their made baskets, the ball was flying around. I, you know, Reddick not playing really hurt, and I just listen. What is this year five of DeAndre and Blake together? I just don't think it works if you're trying to win a title. I don't see it. I don't see it against certain lineups. I, I think well, it's it too much of a disadvantage. This, this lineup, that's right. Yeah. I think we're we're in. But the uh, whole league is going this way, and this is why I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world if they didn't. You know, if if DeAndre didn't come back for the price tag that he was paying, now it was bad because he's an asset, and they were losing an asset with no way to replace it. At least now they can trade him or do whatever they want. But fundamentally, this was a guy that couldn't get on the court for them in Game Seven of of the but Spurs. He, he, but he's like a circumstantial liability. They have to play eighty two regular season games, and you know they're hoping to play uh, twelve to twenty postseason games. And under certain circumstances, he can't be on the floor. But that doesn't make him, that doesn't diminish his value to the team over the long haul. It diminishes his value if they're not ever going to use him any differently than they did the last four years. And that's the part I don't understand. And they did a couple things over the summer that I thought they would then use October, November, December, January to see if they could foster a little bit of a different identity, right? So you, the Mavs make a big play at DeAndre. They tell him they're going to use him like they use Tyson Chandler and all these other guys over the last few years where it's like basically you're 14 feet away. You're constantly rolling to the basket on layups and dunks. DeAndre's like, this sounds great. The Clippers don't even use me offensively. This sounds awesome. You guys are actually going to try to try to make me grow as a player. Somehow changes his mind. The Clips bring him back. And now they're using him exactly like they used him before. And they haven't tried to grow him at all. And You, you know, you have somebody like Lance Stevenson on the bench. Either he's a basketball player or he's not. But if you're not trying to find out in October or November over Austin Rivers, then just wave him or trade him or do whatever. You know? so that's, that's, How does that's he not the, play over Austin Rivers? What are, you, what, what are you doing? Concerning and confounding thing. You just made the, exactly the point. It's October. Now is the time to be finding out about these rotations and so forth. If you're going to lose... To, to the the Warriors in this way, and it's a tough loss, right? You're up by 23, it's terrible loss. and you know the onslaught is coming. You're at home. You're trying to break a streak. It's kind of a statement game, which is really weird um, for for a, a mid November game. But October and November is also the time to experiment, and they have all these new assets, some of whom have some genuine playoff chops, like. Lance Stevenson has played in meaningful playoff games. Josh right. Smith saved Houston last year against this very same Clippers team. Those guys maybe need to see the floor uh, in in crunch time, just so you get a feel for what you what you've got with this this new iteration of the Clippers. Trotting out the same old, same old, and watching the same result be- befall your team is 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 you know. Uh, 
un- unsatisfactory. I give them a U for if, last night. If I'm a Warriors fan, I don't want to see Josh Smith in the last six minutes of that game. Because Josh, Josh, he started out terrible. And I think he might have been nervous or whatever. It just was couldn't figure out how to fit in. But then there was a point in that game where he started to look like Josh Smith in the Rockets clip series last year when he really got going. And just his athleticism and his size. I want to see him and Blake playing together in crunch time of a Clips game again in a big game in a big moment just to see what it looks like. I know what Blake, Blake and DeAndre look like, but, you know, there were so many little things that happened in the Clips in that game that, you know, I, I was there. I'm in, I'm in the same section with a bunch of season ticket holders and listening to the reactions they have. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Austin Rivers isn't a point guard. You can't have him as your backup point guard. The guy doesn't pass. He doesn't try to create for other players. You're basically you're playing a shooting guard as the as the backup point guard. You also they lost Barnes, who was up and down for them. But when you when you watch a game like last night, like Pierce might be too old. You know, I think Pierce is at the stage now where he's just kind of the old guy. He's the veteran. Occasionally he'll come in and make a couple threes, but. I'm not sure you can have him in games like last night anymore. It's not a knock. He can't keep up with that. The, no, the he just like, he's athletically he's not he's not the same guy right. anymore. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that's true. And to have him and Crawford out there, I know Reddick was hurt, but that was a game to me where you experiment. I also Tate and I were talking about this before we recorded. Something about Blake, even though he only played 37 minutes, it's like a hard 37 minutes. He always seems tired at the end of these games. He always seems Could like be. he's just completely spent as a player. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a seems like. I think it, it, it's an is. All right, so he how do you tired. fix that? Then play him 32 minutes a game. You have Josh Smith. Right. Just play him 16 minutes a half. Like, try to, try to get him peaking in the fourth quarter. He never peaks in the fourth quarter. He's always, like, he's always dead. I, I thought Doc, same, got, I thought Doc yeah. got totally outcoached in that game. I really well, – Luke I, Walton was I the other coach. It's unfair to, to say that he got out coached. He, he did. They're, they're, the Warriors are, are always at, at this moment with the their their, their current as they're currently constituted. They're they they're they're a very very bad matchup for the Clippers if the Clippers insist on trotting out the guys that came out in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. The Clippers might be a different team as the season progresses and as Doc finds rot- rotations that he likes and experiments and finds things that work, but the Clippers can't beat the Warriors uh, as the Warriors are currently constituted. When the Warriors put out that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Iggy, H. Barnes, Draymond lineup, they're, they're, the Clippers have no answer for that. When the, when the Dubs run that lineup out, and yeah. I, the, the great John Schumann, the uh, stats guy at NBA.com, had a very nice piece this morning about how efficient and devastating that particular lineup is for the Warriors and how no team in the league has any kind of answer for it. And I, I like this comparison he made. He, he compared him to, to the Mariano Rivera. Like the, he, yeah. that, that's their closer lineup, and, and it, it gets the job done. Well, and the biggest difference is H. Barnes went to another level. And I know his stats have been up and down. I know the stats don't totally reflect it, but he, I thought he disappeared a lot the last couple seasons because he was a young player. That game yesterday, they really needed him. Barkley said it after. I watched the post-game show when I got home. And uh, Barnes, Iguodala, and Jamon Green were the reasons they won that game because they kept them in the game when Steph was in foul trouble. He couldn't get in the groove. He wasn't going. Chris Paul had the all-time eye of the Tiger in that first quarter. Oh, my. Because Jay-Z was there. 
I, I was telling, like, I, I was talking to my daughter about it and, uh, and, and I was saying, oh, you know, these guys are going to be good tonight because Jay-Z's there. And, she, and she's like, I don't understand. Why does it matter if Jay-Z's there? And I was like, well, you know, you know how, how huge Jay-Z is. These guys all idolize Jay-Z and they're like, yeah, but they're all, and she's like, yeah, but they're all famous too. Why does it matter? And I was like, Zoe. If Jay Z came to your soccer game this weekend, would you play harder? And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'd play. I'd be crazy." And I was like, "Yeah, that's how these guys feel. Jay Z's at their game. They're excited." So Chris came out and played probably the best quarter of his entire life. I think it was seven. I don't for think seven. it was just Jay Z though. For Chris, no, it was right? it was TNT. It was yeah, you know it's the moment he, they're trying to stop a streak. I mean, you know, he's a player. He's a prideful player. Well, there's it was some, awesome. It was a forgot about Dre moment. I mean, he came oh, out. It was totally like, was. Hey, Hey, y'all forgot about me. Here's here's what I can do. It was a forgot about Dre crossed with, I'm tired of hearing how great Stephen Curry is. Watch this. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And he fouled Steph Curry in that game, I'm going to say, 230 times. <laughs> it's the only way you can keep up with him at this point. He, he treated him the same way when you watch defensive backs from the 1970s <laughs> defending receivers. He was all, he, he was so handsy. It was unbelievable. It was like it was like me sophomore year at Holy Cross. <laughs> he he, it, and it's smart because the refs are just they just say to themselves about six minutes in like, well, I could either call all of these or not any of them, but there's no middle ground, and I'm just going to start yep. ignoring this. And yep. Steph was just getting crushed, and they and what's great about him, and I, I thought the most important game he ever played was. Game seven Warriors clips in 2014, which I went to when Chris Paul was still the kind of the alpha dog of that position and just beat the shit out of him for four quarters in that game seven. And Steph kept fighting back and fighting back. And he just, the way he went at him made me think he had a chance to be really special. And I think I said, I think I even said that and wrote that afterwards. Like there's just something about how they went at it. That was like, Oh, I have to recalibrate my ceiling for this guy. You know, this is really showed a chance that he'd be special. And then you watch him last night. He's entering this Bird Jordan kind of level of confidence on the road that I, I hate I hate throwing the hyperbole out, but it really isn't any different than what we watched from Bird 30 years ago, where he's just like, I'm on the road. I don't care if this started out badly. I'm going to make shots. It's going to happen. And then you make shots. I, I heard on some of the silly talk show uh, commentary on the run-up to the game, you know, the way that you get at these Warriors is by uh, trying to rough them up, and particularly Steph, you knock him off the game. He's impervious to that bullshit. Yeah, he is. He, 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 he's tough enough, and he's seen it all. I mean, he, he, he's he's caught the, the blind shoulders. He gets grabbed, he gets pulled, and, and he's still there when it's six minutes left in the game and the shot's got to get knocked down. Did you see... DeAndre fouled him. The Warriors were up three in the last minute. He got DeAndre got switched on him, and Steph annihilated him on a crossover, beat him, went down on the layup, and DeAndre fouled him from behind, knocked him into the basket support. Yeah, I think three years ago, Steph's down for like ten seconds on that play, mm. and this time he just gets up. He does that crazy fist pump thing he does, you know, where he's just like the fire myself up fist pump screaming thing. And yeah. then just got up and made the free throws. I loved it. It was yeah. great. It was like, fine, yeah. knock me into the basket spot. I'm going to get up and I'm going to stick these two free throws right in your face. It was awesome. He, 
I think Draymond and him, the way they feed off each other, especially in these road games, it's re- it reminds me, I mean, obviously a different sport, but Ali and Bundini Brown, when you see those old videotapes of them just screaming at each other, like they really do get fired. They really do fire each other up. Well, they had the mic last night on Draymond. Oh, they did? Uh, yeah. Did, yeah. They, did and- they have to bleep him just the whole time? Well, they, they they were very judicious in the in the pieces they selected. But the mm. thing that was really impressive, and by the way, they also had a mic on Austin Rivers, and I just won't make any comment on that. Why? Uh, Please comment. <laughs> you said it first. Why? Why? Why would you mic Austin Rivers? To, did they, did the mic pick up any of his teammates saying, "Hey, Austin, feel free to pass. I was open." I, I mean, I, 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 it's incomprehensible, almost as incomprehensible as how he has a, a, a job in the National Basketball Association, but that's not nice. Um, but the Draymond thing, what was so impressive was his leadership, right? So early in the game when they're getting their ass handed to him and the Clips are running them off the floor, like, just stay on it, just keep with it, just yeah. keep doing what we're doing, lots of time left. you know. And he was really doing a great job of, of um, that kind of theme. Um, with the the live mic stuff they played last night. Draymond is an interesting guy because he always carried himself like he was super important. I remember the first year I did Countdown, and he was a lousy three-point shooter his his first year. And I remember saying on on one of our our shows about how these guys, they need more people to step up. Like, these guys are shooting threes that can't make them like Draymond Green. I said something that disparaged his three-point shooting. And he made a couple... In a game within the next week, and then tweeted at me, and he was pissed off about it. And then I heard oh. through the grapevine that he was mad about it. And then Jalen heard he was mad at our whole show. And I'm like, this guy's a rookie. What the? And but it was that's who he is. And then yep. the next year, he's making more of them. And he's still. And then I, I saw him. He wasn't friendly to me. And it was like, I love that stuff. I that guy, him and Westbrook, they carry themselves the same way. It's just giant chip on their shoulder. He's yeah. still mad that he got picked in the second round. It's probably the greatest thing that could have happened to him, right? Absolutely. He's in constantly trying to prove that he's not a second round pick. But you watched uh when I went back and watched the last three minutes again, they showed Draymond on the court. All the other guys walk off. Steph Curry goes to do his Rachel Nichols interview. And Draymond's like the president of a record company. He's going down the court side, shaking hands with Jay-Z and all the Floyd, all these other guys, saying goodbye, thanking for everybody for coming. He's just strutting around like he's He's you a know, politician. He's working the people. Well, he's a politician slash carries himself like like the biggest hip hop artist in America. He's got like well, that I, kind of swagger to him, which I love. And I think kidding. they feed he, off. He's it. a leader. He yeah. really is a leader. The emotional, you know, the rightly channeled emotion, and that's what the brilliance of Kerr um, last year. They they have a they they found in each other exactly the right way to communicate. And and Kerr has taken all that um, energy and emotion that Draymond you know possesses naturally, and directed it in a way that's so positive for the team, and it's the confidence for Draymond has been, you know, paid off, you know, tenfold, twentyfold. Um, and the, the re-signing of him to the extension, the max extension. He deserved it. Was, yeah, he deserved it. And and he's now probably the leader of the team, right? I mean, him and Iggy. Iggy's the the. I think the Steph's up there, too. Council. I was watching their – Steph's in there, too, because I was well, watching sure, their sure. bench. I'm not demeaning Steph. But. Yeah. Well, when you have a player who's transcendent on your team – they're always going to be the the leader or the co-leader right. or whatever. But the, right. the way they feed off him, 
And this is why I brought up Bird and I brought up Jordan, some of these other people. You know, he's got to do it for a few more years. But he has something that I'm not even sure LeBron totally had, where his teammates are just waiting for him to take over. LeBron, it was... LeBron is such an unselfish player. I don't know. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me fa- I'm going to Go talk ahead, you man. into this. All right. LeBron was such an unselfish player that it was never totally in him to be the guy who's like, all right, guys, I got this. I'm going to take it over. He, the way, what he loves about basketball is being a great teammate and involving everybody and being kind of the facilitator, like how Magic was. And Magic was the same way where Magic had to kind of teach himself how to be the guy and be like, all right, I got this. You know, I don't know if LeBron ever totally wanted to be that guy, but he kind of begrudgingly became that guy. And that's how Miami ended up winning those titles. Steph's that guy. And the way that the Warriors look at him, you know, they did just kind of wait for him to take over and they wait for him to do something and they wait for him to be magical. And now he's just doing it pretty routinely I, I, I mean, we were both there for Bird and Jordan. Is it really any different? Yeah, it, it is interesting. I feel like, in a way, Steph's takeover ability is so complementary to the group that he's surrounded True. by. Um, you know, it, it has the effect of kind of dragging along uh, Clay and, and also H. Barnes. Yeah, Like, those guys get hot when he gets hot. And the whole team gets hot at the same it's time. True, it's infectious. Is, so so devastating, um, and I, I Steph can take over a game at any given moment because he only needs to make two consecutive shots, and that's really it. You know, he did, right. and, and one of them can be a layup even. Um, but you know, I, it's really weird to try and compare it to compare him to to LeBron. I mean, the, the circumstances of LeBron's career have been so so different, and he has had some great takeover moments. He had one against the Celtics. Yeah, hundred oh, percent game. Yeah, I think the uh-huh. difference though is that, yeah, LeBron definitely has it. I'm not saying he doesn't. I think the difference though is that with LeBron, he has he's always had to just play that way for four quarters, and there was a consistency to it. He'd get streaky yeah. from the outside sometimes, but yeah, it, it, there there wasn't there wasn't the same type of heat check kind of cloud lingering over him, ready to rain on the game like there is with Steph. With Steph, you're... That's true. Especially, That's true. I, I got to say, I just think anyone who loves basketball, who doesn't see the Warrior, I said this last year, you have to go see this guy in person because the shots that he makes, people, everyone's just glancing at each other in disbelief. You, you don't even think he's going to get the shot off. And then all of a sudden he's taking a, like a 26-footer with a hand in his face and it swishes. Well, the thing that I find so remarkable, the dude is my size. Like I know. I'm six three and a pudgy two oh five. He he he's six three and all muscle, maybe one ninety, one ninety two. Yeah. I mean, the dude, if you bumped into him on the street and didn't recognize his face, he's just a guy. You know what I mean? Well, and nothing also, about him says this. Look at this. This guy here. Here comes the best player in the NBA down the street right now. Yeah, like with Jordan and LeBron, it it was always like my alien test where. If you went to the game and you just brought some alien or some foreigner who had never been to a game and you just asked them to pick out who the best player was, they always would have picked out Jordan and LeBron. Yeah. It just totally was something agree. about how they carried themselves, the way they looked. There was just something about them they would have picked out. I don't know if they would pick out Steph Curry until they started watching him do his, pre, his pregame shooting routine. Like, right. 
Zoe and I were watching that last night. Even the shooting routine is insane. You know, like just his release and how his body doesn't move at all. It's basically just his wrists. And that's, he's just fig- like- he's figured out. It's almost like a golfer figuring out how to just replicate the same swing every single time. And he's done that with three-point shooting from from up to 30 feet, which makes you know, no that's sense. A, that's a great point. That the, the uh, opposing team should be marketing this. Please come to the game 45 minutes early so you can watch Steph Curry go through his pregame shooting. It's amazing. That's as, good, that's as good as anything you're going to see in the first two quarters of the game. And then the other thing that I think he's really improved, and I'd love to, hey, people out there who report on this stuff, I'd love to read a piece on this. How has he improved his runner game? Because I, I remember a few years ago there was a story about how he improved like his the Steve Nash shooting off different feet type of stuff. But now there's a whole other level of – he has this lefty bank runner now that nobody in the league has, FYI. This shot where he's, he's dribbling down on his left, sees a big guy coming, and just floats this – kiss off the glass from like five feet it's like what the fuck is that it nobody does defended. that you keep doing this this is now that this was the wtf moment of the pod this week it was we like, have one wtf moment a week he did a play yesterday in the second half he dribbled under the basket like in hockey like it was like andre kopitar he went, he went under the basket brought the guys with him and then curled around like he was going to shoot a wrist shot only it was a running <laughs> running floater it's a nice and, trick. And, my, and guess what my reaction was? What the fuck was that? <laughs> Nobody does that. Uh, it's like all the stuff Steve Nash was, was doing in the in the mid-2000s at a way, 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 way higher level of artistry. And I thought that Nash was, that was, was like too, too many it. ways. I mean, come on. Remember Steve all right, Nash? Yeah, I know. I love, I'm sorry, Steve Nash. What you just described was a very Nashy play. Steve I love Nash Steve had, Nash. had that play. You know the other thing with Curry that's incredible? Is how hard he plays on Dino. Uh, well, speaking of infectious, he fights through every screen now, like all of them, and his footwork is like I would say he's a, an above-average defender, and he's actually a really sneaky good rebounder now too. This has turned into a Steph Curry jackoff fest. I'm sorry. I know we we did one last week too. We have to take it down a notch. But he look a whole nother week of validation for 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 you know for all of the up and down stroking. Well, I'll tell week. you this much. If you're making a list of just guys who can just murder a crowd that I've seen in the last 30 years, like Bird could do it, Jordan could do it. Magic got to that point in the late 80s, although it wasn't totally what he was about. Um, LeBron, obviously. Kobe, no question. Dwayne Wade for a little while there, absolutely. T-Mac, I think he has to be included. I'm sure yeah, I'm leaving like, two, three guys out. Yeah. But Steph's way up there. Like Steph, when Steph makes one of those 28 footers and it feels like he's going to get going, like you can actually, they, the other team gets messed up by it. You can see it. <laughs> With good reason. Yeah. They're like, oh shit. It's now what do we do? Right. Cause you know what's coming. It's the best. I, I, and I'm, I'm just so excited that we have a team like this. Like they were real stakes last night, and to go 13 and 0 after winning the last three final games, they're been 16 game winning streak now. Like champions don't come out of a championship with like angrier and with more to prove. It never happens. This is like the well, first time it's happened in a long time. Well, they just have to win tonight to tie the record, right? Who are they playing tonight? Uh, oh, they're playing the Bulls. Oh yeah, in Chicago. That's a good one. 
Bulls at home. So yeah, so oh, my daughter they're, they're right, right. They're back in Golden State. That's right. So my daughter had an awesome time. It was so much fun. It actually, I, I really feel like it might have been a tipping point for her for going to basketball games. Was she rooting for one team or the other? Oh my gosh, she, she was rooting for the Warriors. Like her hands were all sweaty. <laughs> she loved Steph Curry. She was all. I had to keep hitting her not to clap. I was like I mean, slapping her. It was the clip show. Come on. She was all in. She was so happy, and I kept telling her like, "Don't worry, they're gonna make a run. Just wait. Just wait." Even when they're downtown, six months later, just wait, just wait. It's going to happen. And then it happened. Um, anyway, congratulations to the Warriors fans because um, I think there's been only a couple special teams in the last 30 years. And I really do think this this particular team has a chance to be special. Well, I, the, the most important thing to me is continued good health. Uh, yep. uh, Luke Luke Walton continuing to manage minutes properly. Uh, Luke Walton was good in that so game. Far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to be bad when you have all those assets and all, on the collective confidence of that team. I mean, their swag is like an 11 out of, you know, it's not even 11. It's a 15 out of 10 right now. Right? Well, they you know, know, the one thing I will say with him that I'm not sure a lot of guys could have had is he's calm. And sure. we were talking about the way home and, I, and we were talking about like lessons to learn from that game, like for when she plays sports. And I was just, the main thing I was like, the main thing I want you to take away from that game it's how calm that team stayed, even though they're down 20. You know, it was just nobody That's was awesome, freaking man. out. Nobody was making faces. Nobody's shoulders were slumped. They were just, they were just, they knew they were going to make a run. They were just ready. They kept their composure. They also, there was one moment, like after Doc got a tech, Curry walked away and just had real disdain for the clips. You could see it. Like he, he's just shaking his head. He walked away. He's just shaking his head. Like these guys are crazy. It was one of those things. It's like, why do these guys, you could see him thinking like, why do these guys waste energy worrying about this shit? But you knew you you could just tell he loved it because it was great for him because it was going to help him win. Um, I looked up the Austin. Oh, go go ahead. Well, I I was going to say that, the, the, with 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 your daughter, did that resonate? You know, the hundred percent collected. Okay, she played a school game on Wednesday, and it was one of those gyms with the low ceiling and the weird. And she couldn't figure out how to shoot, and she shot a couple air balls early. Yeah, and it got in her head. You could see it. Yeah, and then at halftime, you know, she came over and uh, we we're like, "Hey, relax. You're gonna make one. It's gonna be fine." But you forget, you know, when you. Anyone who's played basketball knows this. When it falls apart on a basketball court, it's about as naked as you can feel, right? Because yeah, then you're open yeah. again. It's like, oh, shit. I, I, I can't remember how to shoot. And, I'm, and you, I'm feeling lost. Yeah, I'm lost. I'm in my own head. I can't remember how to shoot. And then you make one and you're fine. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, you're going to make one. It's going to be fine. But you saw with the Warriors last night, like the the composure the whole time that's something the Celtics used to have that was what my favorite quality of those bird Celtic teams was they'd be all those down 20 teams. they were fine all those great teams that's yeah. why they belong in the same breath you were saying something about looking up Austin Rivers he's playing 26 minutes a game and he's averaging 1.1 assists which has to be a record for a point guard 1.1 <laughs> 1. 1 assists feel free to create a shot for your teammates Austin all right let's talk football okay yeah. Did we did we did we masturbate the Curry and the Warriors enough there? Did, I yeah. Is there anything I left? Mean, you, we, you you finished. I know you did. Did we fin- <laughs> I'm gonna have a cigarette. Hey, good. You you just relax. We'll Ooh. talk a little NFL. That was great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Can I get you a drink? 
Uh, all right, uh, NFL. Let's just yeah. talk about the games that we actually picked. Okay. You, as usual, you cheated with the lines. So well, no, I just put the lines from the West. Nah, listen, Super you always, I do the same say, thing every week. They always help you somehow. So <laughs> I don't see how that's true. The one game, the one game, neither of us picked. I just wanted to mention quickly: the Pats Monday night giving seven and a half to the Bills. And my instinct would be to take the points with the Bills. Yeah. And to say, you know, their defense will be fired up. They can run the ball. I just want to point out to people. Um, I think the Pats are going to win. I think they're going to win handily. I'm worried about the cheap touchdown at the end, which is the only reason why I didn't pick it. The Pats have their offensive line again for this game. I just want to remind people of that. They, they're, there's a crazy uh, Tom Brady angle. He's like 70% um, uh, at home. Um, where they're favored in this range, I, I love the Patriots in 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 like a two score, three score victory. I listen. You they're can, not one of my teams, but I could promise you, I'm teasing them. Yes, just, I can just promise you that's going to. What happen. a tease! All right, so you have uh, the Cardinals at home laying five and a half to the Bengals. Who do you have? Well, look. Before we get going with this, I just want want to I, I want to take a very quick step back because yep. something weird happened last night, and and I'm not sure exactly what to make of it. Uh, I want you to help me. So you know, last night I sent uh, you and Sal a note saying well, I'm trying to find a reason to to care about this game. There's a prop out there that I'm going to st- step in on a little bit. It it was it was a uh, prop that was a combination of a Marcus Mariota rushing touchdown plus a straight-up win by Tennessee that was paying out at 13-1. to 1. And the reason it was paying out, I think, that high in the first place is because Mariota hadn't had a rushing touchdown this, this season. Right. And also, you know, they were, they were the underdogs. Um, you can imagine the, 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 the great pleasure I took in the first half, Mariota, with his first rushing touchdown of the season – uh, but I was not so uh, over the top about it that I thought, oh, I'm, you know, this this prop's going to hit. I'm 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 guaranteed the money. I didn't go out and uh, start uh, buying Christmas presents with the money already. Um, and lo and behold, uh, game goes on. Um, Tennessee has 15 different opportunities to close it out and don't do so. They uh, kick a punt, uh, you know, a low liner. The guy brings it all the way back to the five yard line. Blah blah blah. The game was. Uh, as terrible to watch as this long story is turning out to be. Here's the thing that made me um, concerned. The podcast lost a lot of momentum, I can tell you that much, but keep going. Tennessee lost, uh, uh, gave up the touchdown, got the ball back. They're moving the ball. Now, they moved the ball the whole second half. Like This is the thing that was a little bit uh, uh, frustrating for somebody in a position like, like, like mine. But here's the play that makes me concerned, and I want you to help me out here. All right, just so you know, Tate already edited this out, but keep going. They throw a ball to a running back uh, or tight end, I don't even know who, who, who advances 10, 12 yards and then gets stripped. Uh, and it's a punch out and a recovery by the same player. That player's last name, it really was the play that, that um, ended the game for all intents and purposes, took yep. Tennessee out of the opportunity to win the game. Guess what the, the guy for, for Jacksonville, what his last name was? Um, long story that's going to get edited out. House. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Gambling gods. 
Really? Gambling gods? That's, what that, did that, I do? That, that to be a good story. We're going to keep it now. <laughs> what was House's first name? I'm not kidding. That was, it was unmistakable and chilling. Like, what? House? House just took money from House? What's, okay, was, was this, what, what color was this house? Uh, he, he was a little bit more tan than me. Okay. Because I don't think there's been a white house or a white Simmons since I've known you. <laughs> That's true. In That's sports. True. The last That's white a, Simmons was Ted point. Simmons. I'm sure there, maybe there's been another one. I just haven't seen it, but. I mean, the only white house is the fictional doctor house. Yeah, that and that's fiction. Doesn't even count. All right, so you have cards, Bengals, um, five and a half. And I, I, I gotta say, normally I have a feeling of who you're gonna take in these games. This one, I don't know where you're going. So where are you going? Good, good. I love Zona. Okay. And I'm, and I'm, I'm pushing down on Zona. By the way, I know that you're, you have people that don't like it. I like Zona. I let's go Zona and Frisco the rest of the season. <laughs> done and done. There's a weird. Um, stat that a team like Cincinnati coming off its first loss of the season. They have a terrible record. They play a good team that's coming off of a win. There's a 1-7-1 and against a spread stat there. Yeah. Uh, and there's also a historical um, weird stat. I got a little help from my buddy uh, Big Al on, on a couple of these. Yeah. But I, I already had the feeling. I, I, I didn't like anything that I saw out of Cincinnati. And it brought up from Monday night, and it, and it it was such a reminder of oh oh it's it's starting to be games that matter time. So of, of course the red rifle turns into the red rumpsman. You didn't there, like that. You, know, you didn't like the six points they put up on Monday night. Goodness gracious! There's a weird stat that um, for a, a good team like Cincinnati that holds opponents uh, for a whole bunch of consecutive weeks at, at 13 points or less, they're terrible against the spread. Um, if they're not favored by more than three, like 0 and 18 over the past like 35 years. So those are the little technical angles I like. But the real thing is, I just think that Arizona is better. We went through this last week. I thought Arizona was better than Seattle. And they went up to Seattle and they beat Seattle's ass. And I think Arizona is better than Cincinnati. And I like them at home. And I think they're going to beat Cincinnati's ass. So I'm taking Arizona and laying the 5.5. Yeah, I was so mad about that game. It couldn't have played out better. Seattle had it. Classic home field advantage. The 12th man. The the classic not as good as the other team. Not quite as good as the other team, but home field advantage. Sunday night, get a couple turnovers. All of a sudden you're winning. It's like, I've lost that game by betting the road team so many times. And then this time I had the home team and the road team somehow came back. I was really impressed by Arizona. I yeah, thought, uh, Talk about keeping your composure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was it was consecutive series that that they had. You know, they they ended up with this uh, because of an injury. They weren't able to block a certain scheme that, that Seattle was bringing in twice. Guys got in there and it was strip sacks, the strip yeah. strip sack fumbles. One of which was returned for a touchdown, and it torn, turned the whole tide of the game. I mean, I thought, oh goodness gracious, here's Seattle. It's the classic Seattle. We're back. Right. Seattle's back. Um, but it turned out not to be the case. The Legion of Boom. Um, I went to the funeral for them on Wednesday. It was great. Um, some people said some nice words about Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Camp Chancellor. It was good. It was good. A lot of respect paid to uh, a very good secondary from 2011 to 2014. Uh, hey, House. Casper. Hey. 
Casper mattresses. You know what they do, oh. Ross? All they do is produ- produce obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. I think I've asked you this. How many hours do you sleep? I'm 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 kind of a seven-hour uh, guy. All right, so that's thirty percent of your life. Yes. So why not get a good mattress? Casper brings together two comfy technologies together. I said together twice. For better nights and brighter days. Latex foam and memory foam. So they they have the right sink and the right bounce. No matter how you sleep. Even better, they have a risk-free trial and a return policy. They'll deliver it straight to you. You can try for 100 days. If you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. They actually sent one to the Simmons fam. We put it in my son's room. And he loves it. Oh. He's still... I, I lied the last time I did this ad. I said he was less grouchy in the morning. He's still a grouch. There's nothing going to save that. But I do think he's sleeping better. Um, I have a shoulder problem. I might have to try one of these on a risk-free basis. Well, it's awesome. They mail it, it to you. Shoulder. They mail it to you, and you think like somebody mailed you a dead body, and you open it up, and it's like this mattress pops out. It's great. Uh, oh, that's exciting. $500 for a twin-size mattress, $950 for a king-size mattress. Uh, comparing that to industry averages, an outstanding price point. You can get shockingly fair. I know, you can, and you can get fifty dollars off right now toward any mattress purchase. Just go to Casper.com/slash/bs and use code BS. Terms and conditions apply. Casper mattresses. Check it out. All right, uh, I'm going to make a make a pick here. Go ahead. Raiders Lions. Raiders laying one and a half to the shitty Lions. Yes, I called them the shitty Lions. Uh, I I still believe in the Raiders. I just think they lost to a really good Minnesota team. I, I yeah. made the mistake of not believing enough in Minnesota. Minnesota, as uh, as Shots pointed out in his DVO ra- DVOA ratings in Football Outsiders this week, Minnesota's just having one of those seasons. They, their fumble luck's incredible. They tackle really well. They haven't had mistakes come back and haunt them. They've had a couple late comebacks. Like It's just one of those seasons. It's a freight train. Can't stop well, look- it. So, I'm going to I'm going to um segue right off of that um and very very quickly insert my Minnesota Green Bay pick. Go ahead, do say, it. Look, Teddy Bridgewater 17 and 4. So let me repeat that. 17 and 4 against the spread as a starter in the National Football League. 12 and 1 against the spread as a starter in the NFL in games where the Vikings are seeking revenge. Mm. They are seeking revenge. I I love uh uh Minnesota only one. I mean that's it's disrespectful. The discount double check is a discount double check disgrace. The, 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 the Green, I'm not sure what Green Bay does well anymore. Uh, their wide receivers can't get open. They can't run the ball. And I know they got guys coming back from injury, but I love Minnesota in this position. I know I interrupted and derailed, but I wanted to get in my, my own Minnesota plug because I had that game. Um, go ahead and talk to about about the Oakland-Detroit game. Well, first of all, that line is a pick em now. As usual, oh. you cheated. Um but, I still t- I still pick the Vikings. It was a good interjection though because I think if you're going to take the Raiders, you should also take the Vikings because part of the reason you're taking the Raiders is they're a little undervalued because they look bad last week, but maybe they look bad cuz the Vikings are good. So, yeah. I would take both of them. I didn't pick the Vikings as one of my five picks only because it's weird, man. I'm still afraid of Rodgers. Like he doesn't have a single receiver who can get open anymore. I don't think their defense is that good. Not sure they're that well coached. I'm still afraid of them. And this is if you lose this game, throw the throw the division away. You're in a three game losing streak. 
you haven't really looked that good all year. This is if you lose this game, this is a signed sealed confession that you're not good at football this season. That you well, might make the playoffs, on, but yeah. They're on a three game losing streak right now. It would be a four game losing streak if they lose this. I last is week was the do or die. Yeah. Hold yeah, on, they on. lost to, to uh Denver, Carolina, and uh Detroit all in succession. You're right. That's a great point. And uh and I'm finding myself fifty dollars. So they haven't won since week six. They're not good. I mean, I you know, last week was the game. That was the one you come out and reassert yourself. You you say, look, we we own Detroit at home. Detroit never comes into to Lambeau and does anything meaningful. We're gonna we're gonna write our ship right here on on Detroit's dime. Uh, and and Detroit is arguably the worst team in the NFL. So who who better to get healthy against? And they laid a big fat stinky stink bomb turd is what they did, and I'm angry at them for it. And the other thing they did was they gave Peyton Manning the last great moment of his sports career. With that, with, with his That with Sunday his night game. No, yeah. it was like his last good moment before he went 5 for 20 with four picks. It's, it, it, do you know he has 17 interceptions right now? He's going yeah. to end the season with 17 interceptions? He's got nine TDs and 17 interceptions. I Here's the thing. I think he comes back. I don't think he oh, ends the do? season that way. Oh, I do. Whoa. Yeah, I think he's I Holy think he's cow. QBing in three weeks. Um, so he's gonna so he's gonna end the season with with twenty some interceptions. Yeah, potentially. Anyway, uh, yeah. so that leads to our next pick: Bears Broncos. We both have this one: Bears getting a point at home against Brock Osweiler. Brooke Osweiler. That would be a really Brock funny, Osweiler. You could play this game for. Like uh, you know, seventy-two hours stopping people on the street and then asking them if they knew who Brock Osweiler is. Brock Osweiler. How many do you think? Like, if you interviewed, if you stopped five thousand people on the street, how many of those five thousand would be able to tell you who Brock Osweiler is? Zoe said last night during the Warriors game, she couldn't believe that Festus Azile was the guy's name. And she thought it sounded like a pasta, and she wanted to order Festus Azile with meat sauce. Oh, me too. Yeah. Doesn't Festus Azile with meat name. sauce sound delicious? You kidding me? Yeah. What about uh, with some little grilled chicken? I have the I have the bears. So do I. Yeah. I think the bears are half decent. So do I. I think we've that, been back and forth on the bears. I, I know we've been on the Bears for a few weeks. I just didn't like the matchup last week with the Rams. I thought I thought the Rams are better than they were. I, I messed up. I like the, the Bears. Bears have though. a bunch of good road wins now. They all do, of a and that Adam Gase has really seemed to to be uh, eliciting a decent Jay Cutler season. So there's a really nice uh, angle. Chicago six and one against the spread lately when they're coming off of back to back straight up road wins. Denver uh, with a very crappy one and four straight up, zero oh, and five against the spread record all time against mm. NFC North teams that are coming off of straight up and against the spread wins like the Chicago Bears. And again, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, and you know the other thing, the Bears aren't out of the playoff anything by any stretch. Oh no, no! Is somebody uh, that I um, hold in high esteem? I don't remember who. Observed that they, in their view, the Bears were the best of the four and five teams, the best of those lurking for the lurking and looking at the wild card um, opportunity in front of them. The stat nerds. I don't would, have an argument against it. The stat nerds would say that Seattle is the best four and five team. 
Okay. That they're DVOA. They stop somebody that, in the fourth quarter to to um, prove that out. Well, and they that stop one team in the fourth quarter. And Schatz made a good case about that this week. That you know the reason they look so good in the DVOA is because it only accounts to some degree about fourth quarter collapses. But yet, when you actually watch their season, sometimes you just have to say to yourself. This team can't stop anyone in the fourth quarter. They just can't get a stop. It's like the Clippers. I'm sure the Clippers look good with advanced metrics, but if I'm watching them with a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter, I feel like they're going to blow it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind this Bears team. So if they win mind. this one, they're 5-5, five and five, and they're at Green Bay on Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah. That's from, exciting. From there, San Francisco, Washington at home, at mm. Minnesota, at Tampa, home for Detroit. They could go nine and seven or ten and six. Sure, not sure, unrealistic. Yeah. Now, with no, that said, Cutler fine. Cutler probably just tore his hamstring right now as I was laying out those things. <laughs> we should mention next week uh, Thanksgiving podcast. We're going to tape that on a Tuesday. Oh, next week we're going to just do Thanksgiving picks and a little NBA, and that's it, and get out. Excellent. And we're going to have uh, Haralabob on. Um. Uh- I'm going to do a pod with Haral, Bob, and then I'm going to call you, and we'll just do 15-minute Thanksgiving picks, and we're done. That's fantastic. I've been waiting for H-Bob all season long. I've, I've been following his uh, uh, Twitter um, observations on the early season. Yeah, H-Bob, that... H-Bob not a fan of some of the new coaches. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty direct about it. I'm, yeah. I'm really, <laughs> not holding back. Yeah, he's fairly <laughs> candid, H-Bob. Not a fan of the... Uh, of the college coaches coming into the NBA and having no idea what to do with rotations or schemes or anything. Yeah. yeah. He's not a, not a I'm huge fan. Down on guys like uh, a couple guys that fit that description. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what we have? So we might, I don't know if you're going to be 15 minutes on Tuesday or a full pod because we also have Ben Simmons. Oh, uh, LSU, the best basketball player, freshman in nine years, in my opinion, to watch game to game. We both agree yeah. on that since Durant yeah. in Texas. The, this is the freshman we're the most excited about since Durant in Texas. He's at the NIT next week, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so we, we yeah. We He's got a stage. To talk about. My boy Ben Simmons has a stage next week, Monday night. So be he, ready for that. He's already made, we, we were texting about this. He's already made every single LSU game must watch. It's just like yeah. KD on Texas. We watched Every one of those KD on Texas. I was, I loved it. That was when, uh, I think I've told this story. I love those Durant games so much. My daughter was 18 months or 18, 19 months, somewhere in there. That was when I was watching the Durant game when she walked out of our house. And the, and, and the dudes had to go out there and stand in the street with her. The dudes went out and, and guarded her. Yeah, we oh had no God. idea our daughter could open the front door. It was during one of those Durant games. I wasn't paying attention for like 30 seconds. I looked up, the front door is open, and my daughter's out of the house. It was because of Kevin Durant, because he was can't miss television. <laughs> my daughter wandered out of our house. Thank God for the dues. Uh, the dues saved dude. their ass. One of the greatest of all time, the dues. And Rufus. And Rufy Doofy, of course. Dearly departed, great. both of them. Dearly departed. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we have... Sorry, I got off track. All right, so we have a couple more left. I have, oh no, we both have this. Jets, Texans. Jets favored by three in Houston. I I know how I feel, and I have a feeling you feel the same way. I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not buying the Texans. I'm taking the Jets minus three. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm not buying the Texans off because they won ten to six on a Monday night against Andy Dalton, who didn't show up. We're we're a thousand percent in lockstep yeah. on that. Bunch of stats that that are way against Houston. They're zero and four against the spread at home after a Monday night game. Uh, this is a really funny thing. Um, Sports Insights put out. Uh, Teams this season are one and fourteen against the spread the week after playing the Bengals or the Cardinals. That's Ooh. a crazy one. Wonder why? Houston. Maybe too physical or something? Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. It's a, it was it was a good one. I liked that one. Mm. Uh, teams like Houston, who beat an undefeated team the week previously, uh, three and twelve against the spread when they play a team like the Jets, who were favored uh, but lost anyway. So, bunch of angles against Houston. And, and by the way, Houston sucks. <laughs> I still hate Houston. Yeah, I was going to say, you should have a stat. <laughs> when when you have a, a legitimately shitty quarterback situation against a good defense that loves to blitz bad quarterbacks, teams are 100 and zero. <laughs> That's a good angle. Yeah. I, just, I would play that angle. This is just the Jets defense winning this game by itself. Yeah. I would just hand off three times and then make sure my defense was on the field doing stuff. All right, last... Uh, Oh, I got I got one for myself. Go ahead. Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs favored by three and a half. Look, I, to me, it's like I don't understand why the home field advantage, quote unquote, gets factored into the San Diego Lions. To me, this is like a neutral field game. And so if if, if on a neutral field, I'm getting three and a half points with the Chiefs, I'm just grabbing it. The Chargers are super banged up still. The Chiefs have are getting getting a little frisky, they little are. frisky. They're they're only three losses behind the Broncos. Yeah, but Sal and I talked about. Um, did the gym dance? You know, Joe. Sal and I talked about this on Monday's pod, and we were talking about this, and we talked about this. So, if they get through this San Diego game, which is Sunday night. From there, home for Buffalo, at Oakland, home for San Diego again, at Baltimore, home for Cleveland and Oakland. If they didn't have Andy Reid as the coach, I would say they were going to run the slate. Are you uh, on that that um, AFC West bet? That, that I think Sal's on it. I know I'm on it. I I invented that bet. Oh! Plus 300. I, I have... We have a nice number on that. You know what other nice bet I invented was the Rockets. The Rockets to win the uh, well, win whatever shitty division that the, the Southwest Division. We have that one for a lot of money, unfortunately. You need need the, we need this Chiefs one to come through to to pay off that awful Rockets bet. I'm so mad that after years of being wary of James Harden and Dwight Howard as the the two best players on a team, with just you know who those guys are, um, that I finally put money in them and then and then they did what they did. James Harden quit on McHale. He's just a flat-out quitting. Like, you feel like sucker. Don't, this yeah. is like we, we thought all of last season was rewriting the script. It's a new script. That old that old um, crappy B-level Adam Sandler movie that, that featured those two guys doing the same old boneheaded things with, with flat, corny jokes that didn't make any sense. That script goes in the garbage. We got a new script. These guys are winners. They've faced true adversity and seen it all the way through. They were just a handful of, of uh, plays away from being really competitive with the Warriors. And then here we go. We start the season, and it's that same old, awful, smells like a rotten egg script. We're so stupid. 
And I think, <laughs> I also think that they might genuinely hate playing with James Harden now. I'm just watching the body language of their teammates. Some, some telling moments in that Boston game. You know I'm the body language doctor. You 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 are self-appointed body language doctor. So there's this. You're new, the Ben Carson of body language. I am. I'm Ben Carson. I once disarmed a terrorist on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know this new trend now where if you're if the best player on your team gets knocked down, three guys rush over to help him up. Yes. Which KG and the Celtics started in 2007. Really, they really mastered it. it yeah, was, they really so KG. KG will pick up anybody. Yeah. Uh, so now all the teams do this, and it's a way to show they're close. In that Boston game, James Harden got knocked down more than once, and all the Rockets were like, fuck you. I'm not even coming over. <laughs> Stay. I didn't, get, I, up on I didn't, your, get up on your own accord, James Harden. I'm, I'm going to be over here. I missed that. Somebody yeah. should do a quick YouTube of all the times he got knocked down and nobody went to help him up. And the other thing is is after he gets fouled on a play and, he, and he's walking to the line, normally guys come over, high five, nothing. Just go to the line by yourself, James Harden. I'm going to be over here. You think it's Khloe Kardashian? Oh, it's got to be part of it. Yeah. There's, I, there's something about bringing that into a mix that, that, that makes the whole thing, just spoils it. It's a bad ingredient. I had a conversation with somebody who knows things about this. Oh. Yeah. And the Kardashians, to a certain athlete-slash-celebrity community, are the equivalent of, like, if you're in college— and there's that one girl in your class that everybody wants to be with. And yeah. it might not even be because she's the prettiest, but there's something or whatever. And then there's some sort of status thing with, with being able to pull it off. And somehow all of the Kardashians are like that for all of America with celebrities and athletes, including Chloe. It's uh, it's like you they pass through your life and it just... It, you, you you fall apart within two years. It's terrible. Well, it didn't even take that long for, for James Harden. Not for him, Six months. The same six months that we put all our hard-earned money on the effing Rockets. <laughs> God damn it. So anyway, I have the Chiefs minus three and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably editing out most of that monologue. Buddy. I stayed away from the game because there's a bunch of angles that like San Diego in this position, but I stayed away because of that home field thing it's so bizarre how, yeah. how uh not home that is so I, i'm not touching it but uh yeah, imagine if you're a chargers fan right now and all you're reading about is how your team can't decide whether it wants to move to carson or inglewood i who are chargers fans i mean it, it seems like there might only be twenty five thousand of them that's true they're like hockey fans it's like how there are uh you know anaheim mighty ducks fans there's yeah. probably 30,000 of them, but 20,000 of them have season tickets. Yes, exactly. I think I've met five Anaheim Ducks fans in my 13 years in L.A. Yeah. Uh, see, now I'm going to be on some message board where people get mad about the Ducks fans. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. Screw the Ducks. I hate your team. And I can't wait for Lucic to beat the hell out of Corey Perry. Uh, oh, no. That's not nice. Corey Perry doesn't fight. Yeah, of course he doesn't fight. What he does is just cheap shot people from behind when they're not looking and then, and then skate away and let somebody else fight for him. Uh, I hate the Ducks. Get down, is there anything better than that. sports hate for hockey? Huh? I love hating hockey teams and hockey players. It's like the last oh, raw the, emotion we can have as sports it's, fans. It's, 
so true. It's absolutely because in basketball, football, baseball, out. everybody gets all sensitive. But in hockey, you can just go to the game and yell terrible things at the players, and it's great. Yeah, Corey Perry. <laughs> um, all right, last game. Oh, before we do the last game. House, did you ever build your Squarespace website? You didn't, did you? I, 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 no. I need some help. I need a millennial to come to my office and sit down. The whole point of Squarespace is that you, you, even an idiot like you, can build your own website. Well, I mean, the, the, the part I need help with is turning my computer on and figuring out how to download the, the, the site. No. Hey, listen. For <laughs> Thanksgiving, you're, I'm giving you a task. You're building your own Squarespace site, and you're putting your All pics right. on it. That's your task. Right. I don't ask okay. for much. I mean, Michael Rappaport was on this podcast last week and confessed that he used Squarespace to build his website and that when he builds his Porzingis fan site, he's also going to use Squarespace. Uh, The Lativian gangbanger, Porzingis? (laughs) Lativian gangbanger. Wait, did Rappaport do it himself or did he have help? No, he did it himself. He's seen his problem. I'll give it a try, but I need some help. Rappaport's smarter than you? (laughs) Well, he's certainly worth a lot more than I am. Our friends at Squarespace make it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Regardless of skill level, no coding needed. Uh, They provide easy-to-use tools and state-of-the-art technology to ensure security and stability. You get a 24-7 online support house. Get a beautiful website for only $8 a month. I'm going to get you one for Christmas. I'm going to send send you. What's what's 8 times 12? 96. I'm going to send you $96 until you get a Squarespace thing. I'm going to PayPal it to you right when we hang up. <laughs> you can get a free domain if oh. you buy Squarespace for the year. Start a trial. No credit card required. Squarespace.com. Do I, oh. I mean I get to name the site myself? I opened it up. I'm opening it up right now. Ooh. If you use the offer code BS, you get 10% off your first purchase. So 10%, $96. That's $9.60 in my pocket. I'm going to send you $87 on PayPal, and you can start your own Squarespace site. <laughs> it says start now. I'm going to so start now. So squarespace.com, use the offer code BS. All right, last game. And then we got to go. This is a long podcast because yeah. I, I – I basically, what Jim Nance did for the Peyton Manning record that never happened, I basically did that for Steph Curry and the Warriors. You, in the first you had a Curry guy. It's okay. Uh, last one. Dallas, Miami. Yeah. Pick them. We both have this. Yeah. Who do you have? Dallas. Me of too. Of course. Yeah. I love Dallas. Yeah. Here. All the soft considerations are the best. Tony's back. We're not out of the playoffs yet. His, the YouTube quick that he put out from Major League was spectacular this yep. week. Did you see it? Yeah. Awesome. Um, and there's a bunch of technical angles also um, that I I, I will um, thank my, my good buddy Big Al for. Um, the, the one that I like the best, Dallas Lately, uh, very nice, 8-1 and one against the spread on the road against the AFC. L- love that little angle. That's a good one. Hey, did Big Al have an angle about that Miami sucks? <laughs> Miami won last week, by the way. Yeah, I watched it. You know why they won? Because they won because Philly sucks. Philly does. Philly, Philly su- stinks. Uh, they suck. Mark Sanchez with his typical end zone poop sandwich at the end of the what game. What college team is Chip Kelly going to be coaching next year? Oh, that's a good question. Wish we could gamble on that. What's funny about Chip Kelly is we 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 have proof over and over again that. Like Belichick, you would think everybody would just be like, "I'm just going to emulate what Belichick does," 
And Belichick doesn't have a system. He just goes game to game and tries to figure out what to do. Chip Kelly's like, I have a system. It's going to work. This is what we're doing every week. And then he puts well, Mark Sanchez in it. He he basically built this race car engine and then and then has Sam Bradford and Mark Sanchez as his quarterbacks. I don't the, get it. the difference is in talent, talent evaluation. Belichick has a pretty good track record of of he does. smelling out guys that are going to fit um, what he's trying to accomplish. Guys that have the flexibility to uh, work the game plan that he's going to have that he individualizes, customizes for each team that he plays. Each week, as opposed to Dum Dum Kelly, who thought that he um, should completely renovate his personnel to fit his own eye of what was going to work best, and they suck. Why would, why would you do the Demarco Murray contract? That was one of those. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? What are you that? doing? How does that make any sense? Belichick wouldn't do this. Don't do this. No. No smart franchise would do that. They'd already signed Ryan Matthews. What, now you're going to overpay DeMarco Murray? Ryan Matthews, who, by the way, is their best running back. Much better fit for what Chip Kelly's trying to yeah. do. Actually, the they, most yeah. Actually, he had it back right. in that system. He had he it, right. it right. Exactly. He had Matthews. He had Darren Sproles. Why the hell are you paying DeMarco Murray? What are you doing? Dumb, da dumb, dumb. So, I don't think the Dolphins are very good. And they got killed by the Pats. They got beaten pretty severely by the Bills. And they were about to get their asses kicked by the Eagles and then kind of came back. It was a weird game. Uh, They did not throw me off their scent. I also have Dallas. And I think Dallas's defense is going to give them trouble in this game. I agree with that. If you blitz Ryan Tannehill... um, Their defense has been decent this season. It hasn't been execrable. Yeah. The problem isn't defense. So the Celtics play the Nets twice, Friday and Sunday. Ooh, grudge grudge games. These are now like playoff games because not only are they good for the Celts to win, but uh, but also um, yeah, they're 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 force multipliers. Yeah, they're games that 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 you know they have an exponent attached to them. The Nets look just frisky enough that I'm starting to get worried they're not going to be one of the one of the two worst teams. I think we need to get in the top two with ping-pong balls because Philly has just thrown away another season. You know, I went, uh, big thanks to our NBA buddy, I went to that um, Philly-Spurs uh, game Saturday yeah. night. Yes. Uh, I have to say, Philly is not that bad. Okay. <laughs> they, 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 they are, they're as bad as every statistic suggests. The turnovers are off the chart. Um they have like pieces. Uh, Jeremy Grant is 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 not that bad. He's really interesting athletically. Noel and Okafor on the court at the same time. That's a lot of athletic young fella. Mm. I mean, they're two super long guys. They move great. The great. problem is they just can't score. They can't score. They just can't make baskets, and that's kind of a problem in the NBA. Yeah, I listen. I think it's a great learning experience for Okafor and Noel to lose every game and to play with the worst guards in the league. That'll definitely help them get better. <laughs> well, the design there is a design flaw, but I, I was really surprised by you know yeah a lot of credit to um, Coach Brown. That's that's what I would say. They play hard and they mostly play the right way. They're just the guard thing is is and I know they're missing Tony Roten, but that shouldn't you know. <laughs> be, <laughs> Did you say BFD. that ironically? Yes, I did. Missing Tony Roten. I'm fine with the whole throwing away a couple seasons, but you can't also damage the, the players that you're going to build around for the future. It doesn't help Okafor to be on a team with horrendous perimeter guys. 
the How game does that plan, help him? Their, their plan didn't countenance the possibility that Embiid may never play a game. Because with guess, Embiid... But why, this, you trade, the, why trade Michael Carter-Williams? Why couldn't he have it, been on this team? It's, it's, still buff, it's still befuddling and befuddles. There's no, no good explanation the for it. The trade was smart in a vacuum if I was on a computer just not dealing with actual human beings, but it's just not good for... Michael Carter Williams not to be on this team, especially like if I'm Okafor, I look at it and I go, "Well, two years from now, are they going to trade me?" And it, because they want to have three more years of terrible picks. Now, if they get Ben Simmons next June, then Sam Hank is a genius, and the Sixers fans they get to throw a whole party and and make fun of all the people who made fun of them the last three years. That's true. so. Those are the stakes now. They are now, yep. they are, they are now um, on the final hand of poker. All the chips are in. And this is now 7th Street. Isn't that what they call it? I, I'm not Whatever. This is it. It has to happen this year. They have to win Ben Simmons. They have to. They, they have to win Ben Simmons. If they don't win Ben Simmons, then they've basically thrown away this entire decade to get Okafer, who I think if the draft's done over again, he's the third pick. Yeah. Um, Noel, who's fine. He's okay. Yeah, he's good. He's okay. He's still- Still, arguably the best guy in, in the in the top fifteen of that draft. Would he play twenty minutes a game on OKC? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's super. He's terrible. He's shooting under forty percent. You know, he's seven feet tall and shooting under forty percent. But in the right sort of circumstances, with with better players around him, he'd be very effective. He's he moves great. I love the way he moves, and his his defense would be excellent in the right situation. He'll end up on some other team four years from now, and it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. After the Sixers are disbanded. Um, all right. Joe House. Hey. Um, oh, wait, we have to say goodbye to some of our friends. I want to say one really quick thing, which is um, big, big thanks to Porch Pies. Oh, Something did you get some in the mail? mail this week? Oh, buddy. What'd you get? Uh, a buttermilk. Oh. Guess how much of that is left? Zero? I started off this season... This this fall winter season with the best of intentions. I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to sit down and just eat from November the first until right. March the first. But God damn it, that's all I've done. This week was Arby's, uh, two gigantic roast beefs. It was fried chicken and it was a butter, a whole buttermilk porch pie in two sittings. Come on, Joe House. Two sittings. Two sittings. Did you go into a diabetic coma? No, I mean, I just, there was games on. I was just enjoying it. Fork the mouth, fork the mouth. Porchpies.com. Thanksgiving's next week. I, I don't know if it's, it, there's still time to order a Thanksgiving pie unless you live in the LA area. But for Christmas, you could at least be set up. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. See if you can build a better one than Michael Rappaport. And Joe House, who's doing this this week, you're building a website. I'm sending you $87. I have it open right now. I'm PayPaling it to you. Uh, enter offer code BS at checkout to get 10% off your new website. Squarespace, build a beautiful. Thanks again to today's other sponsor, Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered American made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. Also, the official mattress of my son. Get 50 bucks toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash BS and using code BS. Thanks to SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor that just launched a new platform to buy and sell event tickets. Learn more at SeatGeek.com slash BS. Don't forget about the Cotto Alvarez fight on HBO pay-per-view on Saturday night. Don't forget about our newest podcast from the BS Podcast Network, Channel 33, 
Features Chris Ryan, Andy Greenwell, Juliet Littman, and more. I might actually do a podcast over there next week or the week after. I'm going yeah. to do one with Wesley Morris about movies. I'm going to do it over on the Channel 33 instead of this one. You can awesome. subscribe to Channel 33 on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher right now. Thank you, Joe House. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Steph Curry and the Warriors. I really had a good time last night. Play us out, Pac. We about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling.